When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. TD Merchant Solutions helps my business thrive with a range of payment solutions and support, like 24-7 phone support and on-site service within four hours of my call, which helps me process payments smoothly, which helps me keep my customers happy which helps keep my register ringing. TD Merchant Solutions. Payment solutions, technical support, and advice to help your business thrive. That's what confidence feels like. Conditions apply. Learn more at tdmerchantsolutions.ca. You're tuned in to Altered Geek. Hello and welcome to Altered Geek. I'm your host, Steve Megatron, the producer, Phillips. Yes, it's convoluted, but I don't care. And joining me in this week's episode is Alex. Hello. I was actually going to say Alex Megatron, Philip, but then that doesn't work now that you said you're... you're, you're that just sounds weird if you throw in my last name, though. Yeah, but then, I don't know, it's going to make people question things like, are we related? Am I a crazy stalker fan? Did I forget my own last name? Something like that. All of the above? I don't know. Sure, why not? <laughs> Uh, so, as as some may have been wondering what we were talking about, we were talking about podcasts and uh, the whole uh, social networking aspect of it and, and kind of trying to create the whole networks and because uh, there's a multitude of different things that have been kind of... With Eastlink, you get amazing Wi-Fi coverage throughout your home, even those hard-to-reach places. So, my Wi-Fi will work in the garage? Sure will. How about the backyard? Absolutely. In the crawl space? If that's where you like to hang out, sure. Awesome! Internet that leads and exceeds. That's the Eastlink Edge. Get it in a bundle today. Visit eastlink.ca. Popping up over the last, you know, several months, if anything, trying to garner attention, whether it's professional critics with user-generated podcast reviews or... Um, uh, things like pod chaser, which is a pod. It's basically a podcast social feed um, that allows users to register and have like a personalized timeline uh, with like real time guest appearances and reviews and, and releases and everything else. So basically um, what that allows you to do um, is you, you pull up your profile on pod chaser so, for instance, mine has, you know, a brief about and then it says appearances and it shows like every show you're associated with. Um, now, granted, you have to add them and then they vet them afterward. OK, 
Um, but you do this and then it says, you know, you, you mark whether you're the host, whether you're the producer, you're the editor, you're the, um, voice actor, you know, whatever. Um, and then you, you tag the episodes of the whole series or however it breaks down. And then they, they add it to your appearances log, or if you've guessed it on somebody's podcast and then it gives you, um, their total podcast show count and then like an episode count of how many episodes they've been on and then like total airtime that they've, you know, been breathing air on podcasts. Um, and although mine's not 100% accurate because there's a lot of shows, I just was like, I'm not adding these because it's take too much time to go back. Uh, it says my episode count is 1,205. Well, yeah, it's like 13, 1,400 for Mike, uh, for, for Birdman. So it's like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and so back that far. Yeah. And it says like, I've been in like 30, you know, associated with, you know, 3,539 podcasts or something, which is, I think somewhat counts like the producer and the host and the voice acting role for the same shows. Like, so you yeah, get almost like a double, triple. Sense. So, but well, it's, I, it's, I'll have it's, to check it out. See, cause like, cause I know doing, uh, crossovers and then doing twig for, uh, what have I been doing now? Probably two and a half years, nearly three, three years, probably now. Um, mm-hmm. you add all that up and I'm on one, an average of one and a half to two hours per week, probably, if you added up my times, eh, maybe sometimes more than that, but it, it doesn't feel like much until you start looking at, like, wow, I've done, like, 200 episodes already. Yeah, it was crazy when we did, um, like, the the basically, you know, uh, podcasting, you know, This Is Your Life, or the history of the GCRN, um, and Kevin went through this... He went through this massive, massive document that he created. Um, and it essentially was, and I'm trying to see if I can find it, although I'm probably not going to be able to on the air. Um, but anyways, he he crafted this, this giant um, uh, network stats type of thing of, of the history, the master list. Here it is. Um, of the network and he through tedious work went through every show and checked all of the the descriptions to see what hosts were on what program oh wow and and you know like when that show ran and um you know how many podcasts they had under their belt at that particular point in time it's sadly been neglected by mike and myself because you know life happens um uh, but he's also listed like interviews, you know, all the individual shows and then um, and, and tagged them in there. And there were shows that were missing because I purged them when we were trying to create space on the web server when we were hosting our own stuff. Um, but he, he even went as far as to like any guests or any guest hosts or co-hosts that were even minutely uh, associated with the network he put you know their names in and the the long list of everything it's just crazy but anyways it came to a total at this particular point in time when we recorded this and i want to say it was uh, last year mike had 2011 episodes i had 985 and this was like recorded i want to say 
like June of last year. Okay. That's so kind yeah, of it was it was insane. a bit insane. <laughs> um but yeah, it was kind of cool to to kind of see that. And you know, I, I've been on other podcasting platforms, like I've guest hosted on, you know, like What's on Joe Mind or the Podcasters Roundtable or uh this one's super old and defunct from like 2007, but uh, TF Anonymous, and which was Transformers Anonymous, and they uh, they had me narrate their their Christmas story, uh, which was kind of funny. And uh, I don't remember if it was as me or as Megatron, but it was one of the two. Um, but I mean, I've done a lot of guest, you know, hosting, or, or I I was a host of a show and a guest host on other programs on TF Wire back when that was a thing. Because yeah, I'm thinking back to when I was listening to podcasts at the beginning, and I stumbled across you guys. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you guys were not just doing GC like the the GCRN. You were doing a lot of others, and you guys would. Uh, I just remember Blanchard talking at nauseum about uh, was it Earth Two? Earth Two, yeah, yeah. It was that, and then you were Predacon Empire. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was. It was my Transformers website, and yeah, I yeah, associated. Yeah all things transformers with it although i let the name lapse and i was like forget it and i have all things transformers.com now so okay <laughs> which which goes right to it i mean it goes right to the post i don't even back I, in the days where every podcast was mono and was only like 25 megs to download and sounded like bad am radio you want to know what's funny about altered geek sure i exported as mono i mean I, here's but you would never but you would never know because I, I export down, you know, everything. It's well, it, and, and the thing is now we, that we record each person on multiple tracks, it means you can have everything leveled right before you end up downsampling. Always record at the highest quality possible and then convert it after. The big mistake people make is recording at low quality, then editing, then saving it again at low quality, and then exporting. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is you're you're better off, and that's that's the difference too between um, Skype and Discord. Uh, Skype, yeah. while you do have MP3 Skype call recorder, and it does work if you do the stereo thing, it still doesn't break down or level anyone's audio. And it, it's uh, recording where, at, like it records the whole track at 128k a second, which is roughly what you would set your mp3 to when you put it on any platform anyway but then any editing that you do further lowers it you're like compounding your compression each time whereas yeah it's compressed when you record it through uh through discord but they use a much much more modern uh, uh compression algorithm so it just sounds better like just like you don't have to be uh, an audio nerd or anything just to hear how much better it sounds even without taking into account that you record everything on separate tracks. Yeah, and that's the nice thing about Discord is that when you use its call recorder, it allows you to save it as all the raw formats. So like AAC, Wave, you know, FLAC. Uh, uh, there's a couple other formats that it, you know, M4A. Um, so it, it does all these these high high uncompressed quality files, and you know, it's it's. And and I kind of refer to this of what Mike Booth Ninja Powers used to say on the the show is garbage in garbage out. You recorded, you know, low end like you just said, you know, and you get low end, you get crap, you know, just like you would have going in. So if you recorded high levels and then you export it lower, 
it's still going to sound good. Well, and, and the other thing to consider, too, uh, is any time that one of us goes off the rails and swears, it's a lot easier if you're going to put your barnyard sounds on one person's track than having to, like, overlap everybody. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And that's and that's the nice thing, too, is when you're you're messing around with it and, like, say, uh, Adobe Audition, I can mute everyone else's track except for the person in question. Um, and and edit only that person. Although last the last episode, I was like, I'm too lazy for the, the Barnyard Songs <laughs> this week. I just was like, I'll just do ripple edits and did ripple deletes on on voices. And so I made them disappear without necessarily um, uh, making it obvious. We, we have a, 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 a tone favorite because... Um, Pulling back the curtain, uh, when Birdman edits, he still uses Cool Edit Pro because he thinks it's 2002. Um, and that's yeah, because cool, cool Edit Pro evolved into Adobe it, Audition. It works. Here's the thing: it works. It's 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 abandoned where now. You can pretty much there's actually many sites you can just get it from because eventually it'll stop working. Um, it it has trouble with some versions of some of the newer uh, creator updates on Windows 10. It'll crash sometimes, but he's like, I'm going to use that to like physically can't because it's what he was trained in school on. Uh, I've used it and it has it has some good parts to it, but it doesn't allow you to import certain formats. Like if you uh, if you get like a royalty free music clip and it's in something anything other than MP3 or Wave, it will not work. Period. Uh, and you, then you have to use an intermediary to convert it. Whereas uh, if you get a hold of um, audition any any version doesn't matter any version of audition will, will be well, significantly better some of the older ones i've noticed though uh do not like well actually audition's always been good it's um adobe sound booth which they merged the good stuff into audition and then they phased it out um it's honestly not much better than using audacity um for, which for is, a lot which of the editing we, we use audacity if we're recording local um, it'll usually get, it'll get recorded as a mono file because, um, just we like at Birdman studio, we don't have the space nor the cash to go with a high end mixing board anymore. He had a really good one that died. We're like, we're not spending 900 bucks or whatever he originally spent on it to get, you know, a high end mixing board to let you have, uh, multi-tracks because most, most, um, Mixing boards are either going to be just stereo uh, using analog out, or if they have a USB interface, for the most part, they maximum the maximum you can do is uh, two tracks, like a left and right only. Uh, you have to go to like a significantly higher cost to have every single person record on a separate track. So well, yeah, and you can't use USB microphones. You have to use the old, yeah, the which, old which we we have. Like I, right now, I'm using a USB microphone, but I do have you know other dynamic mics and everything, which is cool. But that adds, a, you know, more cabling, more wires, more errors, more things that can happen. So when we're local, we'll record that way using a few inputs, but it records mono. But again, it's recording a full wave file uncompressed because you're local, which is cool. Um, so we've actually gotten to the part where we prefer using Discord because for anybody on a budget that doesn't have a high-end, uh, you know, recording studio, it does allow, like, up to, I think it's eight people can be recorded on separate tracks or more. Um and you know the, the nominal quality drop that you get from going online with it, it, it sure makes up for in the fact that you can save it as an Audacity file and you can go in like, I will generally record everything, go in, do some leveling for whatever needs to be done, 
remove any audio hiss, anything that happens in the background, and then save it, uh, you know, save that multi-track file into a stereo file that then we can use in, you know, whatever our choice of editing software is. And it's that, that little intermediary step that would be a pain in the butt if you were using like traditional Skype recording calls. And, and the built-in um, the built-in recording feature that they have in Skype now is horrendous. I've never used it, mostly because I can't find it. And that's and and honestly, <laughs> you I do, don't miss. You could, you I don't. The, well, you, I don't. I don't like Skype anymore. I don't, I don't either. You, you just click the. There's a plus button. Like you just click that and then click record, and it does it. Issue though, it, it is, does it at like 32k, doesn't it? Oh no 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 no! It is 16k per second mono um, with a sample rate of I think 22 kilohertz. That's horrible. So, so it's it's half or less the frequency response that you get out of any other recording, and then like a fifth or sixth of the data rate that you get out of even the normal Skype recorder. Like if you use a third party, so it's like five percent of the quality that we get when we record over Discord, and they they thought that was a good solution. That's horrible. Yeah, I I haven't been a fan of Skype since Microsoft bought it. To be honest, because it's just pure garbage, and it's, it's kind of amazing how bad it is considering how good their voice chat features are on their gaming hardware. It's because like one hand doesn't talk to the other, and the, like. You would, would have figured it would have been integrated, like, get the Xbox team to work on it. Because if they did, you'd have crystal clear audio. But for whatever reason, they've kept it as a separate division. Yeah, and that's that's part of the problem is it's just Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, um, so, like, Discord is, is like a lifesaver. And I never thought I'd ever use it for, like, I was not a Discord person. I was like, why would I want to do that? Is it, what is it? Is it like vent? And then people were like, you're old. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, like, it, what's what's it good for? Oh, you can use it to record. And I'm like, what? And then you know, looking it up, and I went, oh, it's so easy. Like, it does so much work for you. And then it's you can play with whatever files you get when you're done. Yeah, I yeah, it's I I, I vastly prefer uh, Discord at this point for. Just cleaner audio. It's just it's so much nicer to to mess around with, and you know I'm not paid off by by them in, in, by any means. Um, but it's yeah. I mean, I, I I I just I don't know. I find it to be much, just much cleaner audio, like in general. And and honestly, oh, like absolutely, the, the levels are almost exact, and they they even have a capability that they can. Uh, auto level and auto clean up your audio right on their yeah their plugin. I I, I, I generally will use the I'll use the Audacity file download for it because it it does a bit of that. It gets it gets rid of most of the background noise without losing any quality. Uh, what I usually have to do is my microphone is usually a tad quieter than everybody else's, and I do that on purpose so it doesn't ever peak at all. Um, but when I record with uh, with Birdman. Um, he, uh, due to the nature of how his setup is at home, uh, and because he's not at like a normal computer desk because of, uh, you know of his disability, he records uh, in his living room, and it's he's about a foot and a half away from his microphone, so his mic is always a little he he always sounds a little thinner, and I usually have to do a little boosting to his 
lower end base and cut out some of the high end, do a little tweaking. It's so much easier just to grab his stream and just go, I have a macro that I run where it just, it does like a couple filters and then bam, it basically sounds the same as mine. And it's just, it's so much easier to do that than record everything, the traditional podcasting way of everybody's all on one, one singular track. And now we're screwed because, or you have to spend like 40 minutes having one person turn up their mic. No, no, turn it down a little bit. So, and now turn it up a little bit. Oh, make sure that you're close enough to the microphone. Don't talk away from it. There's there's a nice little program, and I'm not sure you're aware of it. It's um, from the Conversions Network. It's a defunct software now at this point, but it's it's called the Levelator 2. And Never heard of it. I didn't even know about it until about a week ago. I was talking to a friend of mine that's that uses it. And he said, um, so basically what it does is you drag a wave or AIFF file. So it will auto level the entire track. And it creates a new exported output file. Like it'll be the same file name dot output. And with the still original extension. So if it's a wave, it'll say dot output dot wave. And, and so you'll be able to still use it. Um, but what I've been doing to level the podcast is uh, it saves a little bit of time, uh, especially when there's elements where I'm not directly speaking in my microphone or somebody else isn't. Um, I will uh, attempt to level or boost as, you know, as needed in the software and, and clean it up. And then I will export the entire file. And then I put it through the, uh, as a AF, I, eh, AIFF file and it will reconvert and then I re-import that into Audition and export it as an MP3. And so everything is is pretty well leveled uh, when it goes to the final export. It's an extra step and I'm sure it could be done in Audition. It's just it's it auto does everything and I don't have to mess with it. So I just dump it in there and it works. Um, but it's it's free. It's totally free. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That sounds like there's a lot of tools out there that I think go unnoticed by people. Or like if you're trying to start a podcast, there's a lot of people like grasping at straws. Like, where do I go? What do I start with? And I think a good recommendation I would give because we've had people ask like you know I want to start my own how do I do it and you know you don't have to go with a big content platform just like you can you can do it like there are guides out there on how to if it's a small enough um, show and you're not going to be having a ton like you're not doing daily shows or anything and you want to just sort of get your foot in the water you can go with a 
um, like a blogger site from like Google provides it for free when you have to sign up for Gmail and, and you could actually use you, you know your 10 or 20 gigs of Gmail storage to host your files because for the most part if you compress them and you're hosting them yourself the your episodes are going to be less than 50 megabytes and you're not going to be using a ton of data and there's unlimited bandwidth when you use Google Drive for it to host it the only so, problem with that is is you can't get accurate metrics from that this is just for people starting out, right? Like well, you, just starting out, there's another option too. There's podcast.com. I guess true. You can go with one of those. And then it's just a matter of the, the recording of it. If you're just doing it singularly on your own, easiest way to do it is just use Audacity and record your microphone and you talking. You can play around with your settings to see how it sounds. And then, like, and that's just if you're just for the pure recording, you can try editing. It's not going to be pretty. If you're adding in, it's going to be more difficult to add in layers of, uh, music and different things so you know there's going to be free options out there to try uh you can even you know you can go with something like cool edit pro if you find a copy because again it's it's complete abandonware now so it, you remember gold wave yeah i i had that before i got any of the uh before i even got audacity because somebody was like get gold wave because we were doing uh, <laughs> voice acting uh for this transformers dub and they're like because i was like i want to do it i can do the voice and i was like i just don't have any software and they're like yeah, go with Gold Wave, and they sent me a link to it because it was like pretty much abandoned where at the time in two thousand five, and and so I downloaded it and used it, and I was it was super difficult to use uh, by any standards, and I, I found Audacity to be much uh, easier to use, although you had to import the MP three capability, which is built in now. Um, oh, okay. And uh, I remember starting out with that and recording. Uh, I recorded war stories for tfwire.com, which was essentially I read fanfics submitted by users to the website, and I would do them in different voices and narrate and and everything else. So it was completely me doing the audio play. There was literally no uh, sound effects or anything, which at the time I was like, didn't really know what I was doing. It was the first foray into the podcast world, and so it totally sucks. I still have it. Um, well, it's a good stepping stone. It's a good thing to see how far you've come. Yeah, I should actually go back and listen to that and then like have a cringe-worthy episode where I'm just like, um, <laughs> listening to myself do that. And because um, like the stories weren't half bad, it was the the terrible acting on my behalf because like a lot of the stuff just sounded like poor attempts at, at doing voices. And um, so yeah, I did that, and then I and then I moved on to all things Transformers and. Again, it sounded like garbage because I started out and I was reading directly from a script instead of referencing it like I do now. And it was like I was trying to copy other shows I'd heard and it just didn't mesh with my methodology. And I had a host that was a guest host on there and for about six episodes and then I ditched him and Mike joined. Um, and then... It, learning to edit some of the things like w periodically we'll have different issues come up. Um, specifically there was an episode of the TFG one podcast where we did the Beverly Hills cop commentary with Dodd, myself and him. And for whatever reason, my track was super slow motion. Like my voice was you know? And so none of us could figure out what was wrong with it. And I kept re-importing it and I would listen to the file. The file was fine, but I'd import it. and It would be slowed down again. And we had no idea what was causing it. And so that episode was kind of lost to time until, you know, later on. And um, just recently on the top 100, 
that just came out. Mike said that two of the people's voices did that on the episode. And I was like, really? I'm like, they, they most certainly didn't when it, when it was recorded. I did the audio leveling for everybody. And it was perfect. Yeah, and he, yeah, he said that, um, what was it he said? That, uh, um, yeah, there was one particular person. He says, uh, you know, the recording this week was extremely strange. Remember when your old Beverly Hills Cop slowdown clip happened and you don't know how it happened? Well, he said when he was editing that like yours and Kevin's voices did that in this record. And I was like, <laughs> and, and I was telling him, I said, you know, uh, the other thing that you could have done, uh, I said, is just speed it back up. <laughs> well, interesting, interestingly, I wasn't thinking when I about that either. When I provided him, okay, when I got the file there, you know, there were one, two, three, uh, four of us. And so it's four individual tracks. It was a two and a half hour recording, which can be pretty large to do even simple editing on on any computer. You don't realize how much stress I can put on the CPU. But I went in, did some basic leveling, uh, uh, did some stereo mapping on it, uh, then saved it as a stereo file. There's no reason that two voices should be isolated in doing that when they're both on the same stream. You know, after the fact, right? Like, it's not like my individual track got messed up because I played it back after I recorded. It was perfectly fine. Yeah, I typically test mine just to make sure that everything worked out fine or to see how much editing I need to do. Um, and I, I don't foresee, like, a lot of the issue. I think some of it could be, like, processor speed and, and memory and, like, it's just not... Who knows what to... computer he's using? Yeah, well... And it's all it's, Wi-Fi that he's using. He's to. got a 10-year-old computer at this point. Uh, it, it was new. It was new or rebuilt in like 2010, 2011. So, and I'm like, it's a dinosaur. Yeah, like, it, it's I, probably I my dinosaur. It's probably a, a case of it's not actually that the voices are messed up. It's that he, it's not even streaming the data to his his like audio chip fast enough. Which is entirely possible. Like I. Uh, my machine, I, I wanted to make sure that I future-proofed it so that it was built to be an editing machine. Um, so, like, when I have these, like, huge 2-gigabyte wave files that come out from uh, Discord, uh, it edits them just as fast as it does my MP3 versions when I was doing Skype. Yeah, and, it's and I, I've got the same thing. I'm, I'm using a dual-core, but it's based on the, on the Ryzen 2 generation. 8 gigs of RAM solid state hard drive nothing to write home about like it's you know a sub 500 dollars computer but it for audio purposes it it literally is the same speed as my new ryzen six core computer i'm like and which has like an nvme drive and i'm like why i'm like well because there is there's a point where you know audio um audio editing hasn't been like audio itself and the transformation of audio hasn't been a focal point of like processor improvements over the years it's always been video video or compression like like you know data compression and that so there really isn't anything out there like like the old days where you had sound cards that had built-in special hardware to do all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. so it's all just dependent on the cpu so like but i'll bet you that my dual core uh ryzen here it will outperform his like nine-year-old computer yeah my what's funny is my old um uh, my old tower has no dedicated video card in it it's got the video that comes with the processor 
and it runs fine. Like, I mean, it's still got most of its guts. Anything that was useful, I brought over to the new machine. Um, but it's pretty much a shell, but it it has everything it needs in it. I mean, for the most part. And my new system has an NVMe uh, PCI Express hard drive in it. It's got a couple of uh, solid states, a couple of SATA threes, and then 32 gigs of RAM and then a six core processor. So I mean, it's pretty solid. But oh yeah, just one thing to watch out on that NVMe drive. I don't know if you purchased anything with it, but uh, it's worth paying about 10 bucks on Amazon and getting uh, a heat sink with one of those uh, rubbery sort of heat transfer uh, pads and holding it on with like, it usually comes with like an elastic because NVMe drives heat up like crazy. Like they can go to like a hundred degrees real fast. And, yeah. and I, I was finding that I was getting really good performance on mine initially on my main computer. I'd be like, after 20 minutes, it would slow down to a crawl. And then I looked at temperatures and I was like, oh, they don't even provide. That's the one thing. They don't give you, unless you get like a super high-end one, they don't give you a heat sink with them. And it is something to consider. Because I, when I put the heat sink on mine, it dropped, uh, like that $10 purchase dropped the temperatures to like less than half over, like within like two minutes. Because it it's, you're basically plugging in something and it's like pumping it full of juice. And it's so, it, it's so incredibly fast. Like, you can move you can move data like around so fast on those drives now like the transfer speed is faster than the entire hard drive spaces we had back in high school and that's just like moving files around yeah and and honestly it's 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 still i i, I mean it has partially a, a heat sink that came on the motherboard with it like specifically for that slot. Oh, okay. So you're you have one of those ones where it has that sort of like a little plate yeah. that goes over top of it. Yeah, it's it's a I mean it's it's a two hundred dollar motherboard okay. from Gigabyte yeah. made for, for gaming. So it's it's got a lot of the built in defenses for heat uh, dissipation. Um, it's got a lot of breathing room too, which is really nice. Um, uh, mine's a like I went with a medium like mid level one hundred and fifty dollar motherboard, and that was like a year and a half ago. So mine's actually a previous generation one that was feature proofed. So it, you know, mm -hmm. if I had shelled out an extra 50 bucks, I it would have come with something like that. But yeah, that's one thing people don't realize if they're buying those super fast NVMe, you know, drives is that they produce a lot more heat than any hard drive ever has in the past. There's a lot of movement too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, well, cause you know, they transfer it, you know, one to two gigabytes per second. And it's like, it's like, just fathom that like back in you remember downloading like if you wanted to download like a floppy disk's worth like one megabyte back in the day you used, you used to take or copy like whatever it would take you to fill up that drive it would take you five ten minutes just to fill up one megabyte and, and it's like to hear mm, 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 yeah. mm, mm, mm. and now it's like oh that one gig you know three hour uncompressed uh audio file i'll transfer that and it's done like now, <laughs> so you know it, it, there is that comes with a cost. So it, it, I, I have a feeling that with you know these longer episodes, especially when there's multiple people on it, it might be that uh, Blanchard's computer's age is catching up with it because I went back and listened to it and I didn't, I didn't hear any issues. So <laughs> so I, that's another thing to consider. Like with podcasting, is if you have more people on, the the file size when you're working with it gets exponentially bigger. Hmm. Because like it's a lot, you know, one person talking for an hour on one track is one thing. 
when you get four or five people, you now have five times the file size to contend with. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting, you know, world getting into, and to bring it back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, it's like, I feel like if you really wanted to start, you know, a large social networky type um, of, of podcasting network, it really should have been done in like 03 to 06, right in the infancy of it. Because mm-hmm. that, that's when you would have established your name, even if you were like a nobody then, but you were around. And then as soon as podcasting hit the public consciousness on TV, when they were talking about it, when then people start looking and they'd be like, oh, who's established? Oh, these, these people have like 200 episodes already. They must be big, even if you weren't. And yeah. I, I think the issue is a lot of people like uh, Twig and GCRN got in before the masses did in, in the 07 to 2010 period. And then from 2011 to 2016, there was just this massively huge boom with everybody going, everybody has a podcast, grandma has a podcast. And then now we're hitting the point where it's like oversaturated. You can't really, like, if you start a podcast, even if you have this like very fantastic idea for anybody listening, don't expect like to get any listeners necessarily at the very beginning. Do it because you love it. And you may never hit that like million downloads. Most people don't. It's not like it was in the, in the like the gold rush period, but it's a lot easier that like there's a double edged sword. It's a lot easier to start now because you don't have to know how to code your own HTML website. You don't, you don't have, have to, to know RSS either. You don't have to know RSS, which is still a pain in the butt if you don't know how to set one up. And there, there's not as many like there's not as many easy to use uh, like websites. You would have figured somebody would have had a here's a, a website uh, template that has it already set up for you. But there really wasn't that. Like it was all, it was still all hand done. And you remember back in the day when you had to worry about your own storage, you might only have not just like, I'm only paying for, you know, a gig of storage, which was expensive at the time. You would also have to pay for your bandwidth. So if you became popular, your show could only grow so big unless you wanted to put more money into it. Now with the, with the advantage of cloud, uh, you know, storage and, and advances in just, you know, podcasting technology, you can pretty much have an unlimited storage space. You don't have to worry about your space. You don't have to worry about how you know how much bandwidth you use. You don't have to worry about the speed. You just have to worry about setting it up. So it's made it so much easier to get into, but that also means that there's so many more people doing it. Oh yeah, and but also the most podcasters that I mean, there's a lot more drop off too. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot where they start do like five episodes and they're done. And I've done a couple of new shows where that's happened. Like I'll fizzle out and then like, but I mean, like there's people that do it. Like there's a lot of people that do it and then never do anything else ever again. And then the problem is is their podcasts are still up. And they, there is a point where I think if you haven't put out an episode in like a year, year and a half, don't delete the files, but it should be delisted. It should be, it should be, it should be, it should be run dormant unless you have a plan of action. Like iTunes should be like, are you, you should get a notification. Are you coming back anytime in the next year? No. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna close your account. We're gonna keep your your files here. Somebody could possibly like you can host them. You can search them yourself, but we're not gonna have it listed. Yeah. Because like there's like and if you want to argue, oh hey, well, I'm gonna get listeners. It's like well, if you haven't posted anything in three years, you're not going to. No. At least not under that feed. It's not gonna be worth it. And I think if they got rid of that clutter, two thirds of the podcasts out there would be gone out of the like most websites. Oh yeah, easily, and then you'd actually be able to find shows that are current. Yeah, like and and 
And if your show is, let's say you stopped making a podcast and it was insanely popular and it still gets, you know, 10,000 downloads a month or something. Well, it's like, okay, great. At that point, if you're still getting that kind of downloads, then you should try to capitalize on that. Because if you're not going to, it shouldn't be listed anyway. Like you should, like there should be a, a thing on YouTube where it's like, if you do not release an episode, if you do not release an episode every, a minimum every two months, you shouldn't have it listed. No, I agree. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, and I think that's part of the problem is the market is so oversaturated on every front. And that that's why it's harder to actually find anybody anymore other than these famous people. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I almost feel like, hey, I should be friends with a famous person. Because then if you if you guest on one of their podcasts, then you get listeners. That seems to be the only way to get it anymore. Used to be you get listeners by having celebrities and people show up on your podcast. It does, now you get maybe like, you'll get an uptick of twice your downloads. But like I, looking at yeah. the metrics, it used to be like, if you got, let's say like a Mark Hamill to do a 10 minute interview, that's 20, 30, 50, 100 times what your listeners were. And then out of that, that 100 times, maybe 20% stay and keep listening. It doesn't exist anymore because all these celebrities go on every other celebrity's web uh, you know, podcast. and Or they start their own. Or they start their own. And you still get your, you still get interviews with people. And if we, if you look like Twig used to get, I don't know, 20 interviews, 20 to 30 a year. So did we. We're, we're getting maybe two to three. And it's, yep. it's, it's part of it is like, you can get more people. You can, you can request it, but it's scheduling, getting the time. A lot of times uh, you'll ask and they're like, oh, like what's happening sometimes now is they're requesting fees to do interviews. Fees? Yes. I've seen that now. And it's like, what? Or you go to a convention and you'll have press access. And they'll be like, oh, if you oh, you, you can do an interview, it's fine. Oh, but you're going to be recording an interview? Okay, well, then you have to arrange that with their agent. You have to pay a fee. And it's like, no, 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 no. No, you want exposure. This is how the interview process works. You get an interview. You do an interview, and we both benefit. It's like, but I'm seeing that happening now. With certain ones I know, Fan Expo was like that in Canada. They had... They are also notoriously hard to get even press credentials for, but like there was talk at certain people for interviews, like they're doing, they're vetting your background, and it's like, oh, if you're not in the top ten lists on on iTunes or Spotify, you're not getting an interview, and it's like, but those top ten people are regular media that are already doing like television interviews with you. Yeah. <laughs> this is the whole point of Fan Expo to be catering to the fans. And yeah, not. and that's that's where a lot of them seem to be losing their ground is that they're just not in touch with what they're actually founded from. But well, and that's the thing: podcasting was supposed to be the people talking, you know, in an, in an unfiltered forum that was away from the corporate grind and corporate rules. And it's now becoming exactly the same. Doesn't mean I, we don't like it. And we're not going to keep doing it forever and ever and ever until we, we can't possibly do it anymore. It just means. If people wonder why you don't see as many interviews, it's because the opportunities aren't popping up as much as they used to. And when they do pop up, of course, you latch on to them and do them. The other thing I've discovered, uh, and I did this earlier this year, like actually at the beginning of this year, um, doing interviews with people that aren't necessarily famous, but they're people that put out specialized content. And when I say that, I mean... Um, we had, uh, like, I, I interviewed a plethora of people um, 
on Altered Geek, like that were other podcasters, other geeks, Twitch streamers, uh, podcasters, producers, writers, you know, public speakers, um, uh, producers of other programs. And, um, and I was kind of doing it just, you know, one, I, I was a part of a podcast, um, group. Uh, it's an, it's an email thing. And basically you submit and say, you know, they'll randomly pick you. And then you, you say, yeah, this is my show. This is blah, blah, blah. And then you give them the show art and then people submit in a Google doc to sign up to be on your show. And then I, because I had so many that were asking to be on the show, um, and I had no way of scheduling them. I created a scheduler, uh, or I put a scheduler plugin in WordPress on altergeek.com and uh, gave them, like, I opened up certain timeframes that I was available and then I let them choose <laughs> at when they wanted to do it. And then once that block was filled, it was filled. And then I could schedule them according to that time. And um, I think I had like 13 people that I, I did. And then like every Wednesday I had an interview show and then every Friday I did one of these and it worked out pretty well during that time. Uh, it wasn't like as monumental as like, you know, your uh, Kevin Conroy's or, you know, the, yeah. a lot of these, these voice actors or anything, but it was still, it was, it was different because nobody's doing that. Well, and that's the thing, like I know with the, uh, like the terrible warriors that, that, other podcasts that we record with, uh, they have found, you know, their avenue with interviewing creators of, uh, like, tabletop games. Like, they'll actually contact the people, like, not just the publishers, the people that are writing the games. They actually will do, like, interview the creators, and then they'll do their playthrough of, like, three or four hours of the game, sometimes with the creator of the game. And that's uh, interesting because it's not, they're not, like, you know, people that are looking to interview people for like tabletop gaming they're trying to get people that have like larger followings like they're trying to get your will wheaton's on and that's like yeah but he's not the creator of the game it's just he, he runs games and he's famous for that or famous for yeah you're, you're never going to get those type of people again and that's that's yeah. the sad and unfortunate thing is like yeah you might get lucky yeah but... or, you, or you can rely on on people you already interviewed or people that you know in the industry you know to get you in the, around things which is cool but you know, you got to find your avenue. You got to find the thing that differentiates you out there. Now, I know Birdman's going to be doing an interview in the next few weeks. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the person's name, unfortunately, but uh, there's a horror documentary on. I think I'm, I forget which Hades horror franchise. I think it's Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, and there's there's the uh, like Mike was uh, Mike requested. Uh, you know, can I get a press screener to to watch the documentary because he's super into you know Hades horror. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we like your podcast. Uh, would you like to interview the director? And it's like, okay. So those opportunities do, do still come up. And those are going to be the interesting ones where it's like, again, it's somebody who maybe isn't the most famous person yet, but they got a movie coming out and they really want to talk about it. So it's actually more exciting to do that. Whereas the, the, the big gets, you know, in quotes, used to be getting all of your favorite celebrities back 10 years ago. And now... You know, like we, we just popped up, I think it's today, today's Wednesday, I believe when I put up the classic episode, I think it was an interview with uh, Robert Picardo, yep. and it's like, there's those ones, cool. You Would we get Robert Picardo then? Maybe, because we've had a relationship where we had him on before, but if we were cold calling him now, we're not getting them. 
Yeah, and that's the other thing too is I, I definitely like we've had a couple of repeats simply because we've talked to them in the past, and that's uh, the and yeah. some of them we've got to reach back out to again because they've got. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. New content coming that we're very interested in, but it's... It's it's definitely changed a lot. Um, the the whole atmosphere over the last you know, I would I would argue the last like five six years just because, um, I've seen numbers like taper off. I've seen traffic taper off because like if you're not one of these big conglomerates or you know you're not one of these these big places that people are going to hear these famous people you know. Uh, for instance, like if you're not podcast one Westwood, if you're not yeah, on, or, if you're not on one of the top five networks where we're talking, there's millionaires running it. You're you're probably not getting. You're not being able to sign. Like they're signing casting agents, so like they're they're going to talent agencies and being like, can we get ten people from your thing? And they'll be like, oh, here's who we got that are going to be, you know, available in the next week, and they'll get. It, like they're running them like they run late night talk shows. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, one of the problems I had, um, what was it? When did I get that? Um, I got an email. It was a while back. There was a, uh, somebody from, I, think, I want to say it was like podcast one maybe or something. Uh, I don't know, but they had a new show that was coming and uh, they were really trying to push it, like really trying to push it. And they contact me and they're like, hey, would you mind doing, you know, an ad for this particular show? And they were like going to pay and everything else. And and I was like, yeah, it would depend. <laughs> I'm like, one, who is this guy? Like two, like because I'd never heard of him. And he was like some kind of a tech guy or, or whatever. And I was like, I'm interested, like, you know, because obviously money's involved. But at the same time, I have no idea who this guy is. So like for me to talk about him, like I kind of have to yeah. have a little bit of an understanding. It's also like, um, it's almost, it's, you have to balance that whole, it's also a little offensive that knowing that they're going to pay you, you know, whatever they're going to pay you to promote somebody who on their first episode will probably have more listens than you have all year because of the money they're putting behind this person. Oh yeah, definitely. And that was the other thing is like, he was in the top, probably the top 20 in iTunes for something. And because, because now the difference from now, from 10 years ago is you can buy your way in there. Oh yeah. Well, you can go on Fiverr and you can pay and they can boost you into the top numbers. Like, I don't know if you know that. Yeah. There's, there's that or, you know, the, the old fashioned, uh, you know, Reddit campaigns, 
um, where somebody be like, oh, because really all it takes is one person of influence to, to push somebody through. Uh, the problem is you got people circling like vultures being like, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. Oh, yeah, totally. And uh, I, yeah, it, and it kind of bothered me that they, they even approached me like that. Like, I, I'm like, okay, guys, like, I, I don't mind promoting somebody, but like, I'm also not going to be inauthentic and like, just, yeah, the money sounded good, like how much they were offering. But well, I was the thing is, we're, we're also, you know, there's uh, Twig is different in that, you know, we'll, we, we have an open door policy on all, all the things we can say, you know, censorship wise, we'll goof around, we'll be very crass blue. But what we're not doing is we're not selling dick pills. We're not selling, you know what I mean? Like every freaking podcast now is selling blue chew or me undies or like, like it's to the point where it's ridiculous. It's like, it's like really you gotta like that's what you think of podcasting is it's so bottom feeding that you have to sell um prescription uh viagra over the like so it, it, the, you know gray area viagra well, penis pills over it, the internet and the other thing could be too is people just don't see any other way of monetizing their show and so they just kind of eat it up you know no, and do the it. people that are hawking this are the people that have a million listeners like, yeah like well, the, on, people on they're... on very large networks like they're selling crap or and doing live reads of crap that is like like these are like you're making enough money as it is off of your brand just like because most of the people that are getting those kind of listeners are also doing like live shows in person where they're selling tickets or they're they're touring or or it's a side business there's almost nobody that I've ever heard or seen that does all these uh, ad reads for these products that this is their only source of income. So it, it, it bugged me. Like nobody's approached us being like, would you like to sell dick pills? I'm not saying we wouldn't sell them. I'm saying that <laughs> I'm saying for the price, Hey, if, if they were like, you know, you release, uh, you know, two episodes a week, we'll give you a thousand dollars a week to talk about these dick pills. Damn straight. I'm going to talk about them dick pills. But if if you're just like we'll pay we'll pay you ten bucks an episode, <laughs> screw off. No way, it's not happening. Because you never know how much they're going to try to offer you. But like that seems to be the big one is like they're advertising like pseudo stuff that like stuff that I know personally isn't legal in Canada. Like like you cannot like the, the Bluetooth stuff. You cannot get it in Canada because it is listed as an untested illegal substance. And it's been caught at the border a few times because I noticed that some Canadian podcasts were originally starting to, to sell that stuff or offer it or, you know, have the, the codes for it for, uh, like, American listeners, I guess, because up here we, you couldn't get it anyway. But they've completely stopped because there's a lawsuit involved. But yet in the States, they're hawking that crap left and right. There's, like, uh, or you have the people that, that get the Audible uh, one where it's, like, you know, the... the Mention get your free, uh, you know, ebook on Audible, blah blah blah. Yeah, the the whole Audible thing, I I did that for a while during MWire when it was like still pretty fresh, like before uh, everybody else was like kind of really doing it, and I never had anybody sign up through it. It was what? just, I mean, yeah. I, I tacked it onto the intro. It was it was something I I thought I would try, you know, just to see. And I, I want to say it was like during like 2012 or something. It was when everybody. Same with Amazon Associates. They shut down Amazon Associates in Canada because they weren't getting enough people. 
like they were even clicking through the links and doing it. Uh, and, yeah, and, I, I have an account through that, but yeah, nobody clicks on it. And and, uh, and the thing with Audible, they contacted me a couple weeks ago. Would you like to be a part of the program? Okay, let's see what it says. Like two days later, the same person contacted me. Oh, you're in Canada. Well, we don't actually have the service in Canada. Is that okay? Because you, if you mention it, you'll have to say it's for American users only. Like, okay, well, what, what does it entail? Well, I guess I'm like, so you want me to promote something that you're like, uh, like I, 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 I actually, yeah, I actually asked. I said, I said, so you're this is open, you know, wide to pretty much anybody. Yes. Okay. Um, who hasn't signed up for one at this point? Like, who hasn't actually signed up and taken advantage of that one free book? See, I figured out what they've done. They've essentially turned podcasters that are doing this for fun to try and make money. They've turned them into the free advertising pool. Well, and, and but then again, it's so saturated because it's so free and, and, the, and any podcast can get it. You're, we're at a point now where I don't think there's a single listener out there that hasn't tried Audible that still would like to try Audible. I tried it back when we got it for a movie we can review. I tried it. I got it for free and I downloaded a Star Trek book and then that was but, it. But, but I mean, like, it, it's been around so long now. It's like, like they're, they're not converting new people. So I don't know why it exists. It's, it, it's They have it there because they don't have to pay you anything. And because every time you say Audible, it might bring somebody back who's already had it. So yeah. I don't think that they're converting new people. And, and that's that's... You know, it's a discussion for another day. Of so they don't have to pay you. Exactly. They're tricking people into giving them free advertising. Yeah. And and this is the other thing, too. Is like, I don't know if you've been getting inundated with people wanting to post guest posts on your website. Oh, I can read you one. I can yeah. One today. They're, uh, all, they're all from India or China. Well, see, this is the thing. I either get them and they either come from some, like, marketing company or something, or they come from a Gmail account. If they're from a Gmail account, I automatically... Uh, spam them and and like I put them in my spam folder and I wipe them out. If they're the other ones, I'll humor it and I'll respond and then I wait to see how long it takes them to respond back. But I I send them this this response because typically I had one offer me a hundred dollars to post a custom crafted article to geekcastradio.com and they're like for a hundred dollars you know we'll we'll do this and we'll write up this article and then they start telling me you know in the next email what it's about. And, you know, they're like, you know, I, I, you know, I bet you get these quite often, blah, 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 you know, and, and I said, I says, I appreciate your reaching out. And I do get these quite often now, to be honest, I will say I can and will do this, but payment is definitely a deciding factor, as you can understand, it's a time thing. The only stipulation is I will not post anything pertaining to sex, gambling, lotteries, alcohol, drugs, etc. Basically, if it's not family friendly, I won't allow it. If you can send a sample, I'd appreciate it so I can determine if it's a fit for our audience. Hope this answers it, and I look forward to hearing from you. Most of the time, I never hear from them again. Well, here, here's the one I got today, and this was to the feedback email from uh, Bavish Nardani. It's probably a fake name because they usually are. Uh, so I don't mind. I don't mind reading it. Uh, Hi, excuse the impersonal email. I am a London-based copywriter. Why are you contacting us in Canada? Um, uh, and write regularly for several clients that relate to the content of your blog. The topics I write are including interior design, lifestyle, home products, family, and so on. I'm writing to offer uh, any articles at no charge to you <laughs> that you can host in your blog. Uh, first of all, the website 
yes, it's set up as a WordPress site, like a blog site, but that's not really the intention. It's, it's a release site to show when we have articles released. The only blog posts we really post are when we do gift guides or if we're doing content on, uh, on like uh, press conferences and stuff. So it's, uh, they will, of course, only be shared if, if I think your audience will be interested in them. Well, it's like, first of all, and there's a little more search engine optimization, you get a lot of those emails too. Uh, to give a taster, here are some blogs I write for. Memorybox.co.uk, uh, ESBflooring.com. Yes, flooring and This Week in Geek. Uh, Rhodiumfloors.com. It's a ghostwriter, ghostwriter, ghostwriter. First of all, I'm not giving you access to the website to write stuff on there because as soon as I give you access, you're going to try to grab some crap from it. Uh, let me know if there's something you're interested in. We can move the conversation forward. Keep up the excellent work. You have no idea who we are. Um, <laughs> outreach specialist. And I mean, it's from a real uh, company. It's Anova. I looked them up. They're in London. But like, it's they're just literally going like, they're searching for any podcast and they're just sending out a, a form email. Yeah. And, and that's just one of them. Like, I, we get crazy ones or, or you get the ones that are like, you get common ones are search engine optimization, ones where they want to, uh, you know, guest writing your thing. It's one thing if you contact us through Facebook and you're wanting to start up, you're like, hey, I've wanted to write some blog stuff. I, I wanted to do it. Because we've done that a few times where um, Birdman gave access to, uh, you know, some people, either fans or people that, that wanted to get their start and they wanted to write a couple guest Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blogs, you know, to get their feet wet sort of on, on what it's like to publish something or, or to post things. And then, you know, he'll do a few of them, but it's like it's on a person-to-person basis and not some random person from halfway around the world that only writes, ghost writes articles on flooring. Like, like, it would be one thing if this person was like, hey, uh, I also, I, you know, I write uh, tech news. Like, okay, maybe we wanted to have more of a news section that was regularly updated with um, stuff from, I don't know, some stuff that's aggregated from Ars Technica or, or product news from like CES events and that. It's like, okay, maybe. But you know what? It would be somebody that we'd know that wanted to do it. It wouldn't be a random person in, in India or, or London or China. Um, at least this one was worded properly. The ones we get from China are crazy. It's, and it's, all, it's always, we make handbags or we make uh, sprockets and parts for cars. Uh, would you guys be interested in reviewing? Reviewing what? Like re- reviewing like a car part from China? <laughs> like how, or we can, we, uh, we make handbags and one of these days, I'm going to say yes, and have, and we're going to have, like, twig handbags. 
and purses. Because one of these days. Well, but, one of one of the funny things I, I get like a lot of articles either people wanting to be go, like guest writers, and they're like, I have this great idea for a post, and I'm like, you know, most of the time I'm like, okay, free content, I don't really care, but it, you know, I I still proof everything and I make them send it to me in an email. Or I make them use the contact form I developed on the website where they can post the entire article there and it goes through into the back end uh, database that I can then copy paste <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's ready to go. But like I don't I don't you give don't anybody give them, access. Yeah. You don't give access like the, the best one that Birdman turned it down and I was so mad at him because I really wanted the content and I knew if anything was gonna get us uh, listeners or weirdness would have been this was when he randomly at E3, not this past year, the year before, was offered uh, uh, a gaming prostate massager, basically a sex toy <laughs> that you're supposed to stick oh, up your butt wow. while you while it was going to be Bluetooth connected to your phone, and while you play games, when certain things happen, noises happen, it vibrates in your butt. And he, he turned he, hmm. he, he turned them down. He just flat out no. And then he messaged a bunch of other people, and a bunch of other people that went to E3 that he knows through the, the journalism industry. Got the same things, and they're, they're all everybody turned it down. And I'm like, no, you don't turn that down. That is the best content ever. I said, he goes, well, we're not going to use it. I said, we don't have to use it. We just have to talk about it and and explain. Look at what we got, and and he, he goes, oh, because that's the only time where like it was so outlandish that you know it wasn't like a bot. It was somebody actually trying to sell these things, and and and. We would have taken it. Like I told him, I said, we wouldn't take it. We, we wouldn't have like been like it. It, it would have been a little disingenuous because we weren't going to try to sell it for them. But we would have ripped it a new one and, and made fun of it so hard. But like of all the things to get offered in one of these, like it's a prostate massager. It's like really. <laughs> so yeah. if it ever if it ever pops up again, I'm, I'm telling them, like, you do not decline that. We get that. We talk about that. Yeah, that would honestly that'd be hilarious, but. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I that's such a weird item. Not gonna lie, that's just weird. Um, like it, it was so out there that I was like, you know, there's certain things that you turn but, down. But like, your guys' fan base would would resonate with that just because it's it's so out there. Like, well, that, that's whereas the, like mine, so it wouldn't yeah. go with that. Well, I mean, and, and it's it's the the image and, and that you're trying to cultivate is very different too. It doesn't mean you, you don't fit like you fit in with anybody. But at the same time, you know, you're, the image you're putting out there is not the image of wild video game sex toy. Like it's it's not that is a very it's very much a twig, you know, you know, weird, keep it strange, unique. Uh, like the the fan base that Birdman has um, been sort of cultivating over the years has been the uh, like anything is cool, bronies, like all, all anything that is unique geeky to you he takes it no matter uh, you know how how outlandish it might seem to other people he takes it and goes with it and i was i was surprised he drew the line with this and i'm like dude take him up on the offer because like it's it's the kind of content i i not that we're like howard stern but you know it's that sort of attitude of you guys are almost like borderline there with like some of it yeah it's it's like not shock jock it can happen it happens a bit but it's like we are not restrict. We don't restrict ourselves to anything, and like we are the definition of like explicit content. But it doesn't mean we're explicit for the sake of being explicit. But like, you know, we'll cover pretty much anything. Like the one company sends us pornos. Guess what? We're reviewing some pornos, and like we'll do it where we cut out all the sex. 
<laughs> we've, I'm trying to get back. We've got a few that we've got to do. And the, the hard part is getting the edit points to cut it out. So we review it as if it's like a regular Hollywood movie. So, so these movies end up being like 25 minutes long instead of like two hours of porno. And it's literally, it's like, well, the acting wasn't so great in this part. And the people that give them to us, they're actually okay with that because it's a different type of content than what they're used to. We, it's, it's basically, well, you guys are putting it in a different light. It's porn without porn. It's like, what well, was the acting like? Well, the story was hard to follow. Uh, it, that sort of thing. And it ends up being funny because, you know, not a lot of podcasts would necessarily go that way. And we'll do that. And, and it's that's where our identity is. Like, I almost feel like we're the, the R-rated to NC-17 version of GCRN. And GCRN is like the PG-13 borderline R-rated, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Ultra Geek is, like, PG? That makes sense? Yeah, pretty much PG. Maybe PG-13. Depends on the day. Depends, I, on, I how, how, depends on how angry or tired you are or... How, or or if you have one of us on. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much like I, I can pretty much guarantee it's going to be probably like. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like P, pretty much PG-13 most most often, like is even some of the very slanted, like, I don't know, it, it's not quite not quite there anyway, but it's it's kind of floats around depending on who's on or or how irritated I am at some particular company. How, how grumpy Blanchard is when he's on. Yeah, usually, but yeah. <laughs> um, get off my lawn. Damn I, it. I do get, I do get a lot, like quite a bit of different contact though, from just different organizations or different blogs that are like, Hey, would you post this for me? And I'm like, yeah, what's the context? Like what, what am I supposed to get out of this? Like somebody sent me, uh, they're working on an article for their site and I've posted something from them in the past um, it must have been like superpowers or something or vehicles or weapons from like sci-fi content. Um, so they they said, um, you know, what was it that they sent to me this time? Uh, it was 100 years of time travel in film. And it's a very short infographic. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, there's not enough here. Because if you're talking a hundred years, Are they trying to to promote it on your site, sort of thing. Well, that I mean, they wanted my honest commentary, like written in a blog. I mean, because one, it's got their link on the image, which I don't honestly care, because um, there's usually residual cross-linking in some capacity. But you know, they they talk about like on this infographic about how you know in the in the movies where anything is possible. Well, TV does it too, but you know okay, I'll put that aside because this is specifically for in film. Well, then they talk about, you know, time, uh, top methods of travel. It says time machine, portal, science experiment, you know, and then it's got, wow, you know, backwards. Sounds, sounds very like, like as if a 12 year old put it together. Some of the graphics almost kind of give me that thought. Um, but like somebody's like, they, they, they're going for the bare minimum to click the you in, but then not giving you any real examples. Yeah, I mean, well, and then it says biggest year of time travel. Ten time travel movies released in 2013. Okay, well, it doesn't list any of them. Then it says 110 time travel movies produced since 1921. And then it says top earner, $2.8 Avengers Endgame. And then it says our favorite time travel films. And then it has, um, and I've never heard of this film, so it doesn't resonate with me. And what I'm, movie it was it? <laughs> resonate. It's, it says, um, 
a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, 1921. Yeah. No. Time travel. Yeah. As part of the plot. Then they go Planet of the Apes, the original one. Then they say Superman. Planet, well, here's the problem. Planet of the Apes, the original one, is not a time travel movie. Yet. It, the second one. Yeah, it's not a time travel movie until the very end of the second one. But like, yeah. the original Planet of the Apes is not time... Falling asleep and being frozen is not time travel. It's just normal. It's just regular sci-fi. Yeah. It's just aging, yeah. And and so, they, yeah, they list that, and then it, then they get Terminator, and then they get Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Groundhog Day, um, Back to the Future, um, so they're Interstellar. They're listing every big mainstream movie, but not necessarily yeah. well, ones that this, this is the thing. are culturally I, important. I out, and, and you got to wait for this, because then they go... Uh, and then they explain why each one is, you know, you know, whether it's a time loop or, you know, why this and why that, or they use this, you know, um, and then they put Harry Potter and the prisoner of Azkaban and they put one of the best rewind plots in history. And I'm like, mm. I'm like, no, I would, I would argue groundhog day is better, but, um, yeah, yeah but, or, or even, um, uh, edge of tomorrow is, is a better repeat one. Yeah. And, and so, like, I, I sent him back this message. <laughs> I said, because, you know, I, I'm not wanting to shy away from, like, uh, you screwed up. Uh, so, partially. So, I go, looks pretty cool, but I noticed a lot is missing from this infographic. None of the Star Trek content, which is famous for time travel, is listed. Not counting the series, the films numbered 4, 7, 8, and 11 all featured time travel in them very in varying capacities. If you go with popularity, four is like even people that don't watch Trek know the voyage home. They're like, oh, the time well, because it's not, it's the least Trek film out of all of them. Yeah, like, like it's it's a pop culture phenomenon. Like, it's like, oh, that's the one where they travel back to the eighties. Like, yes, yeah, when it was shot, and and so and then I says also Looper, Hot Tub Time Machine, etc. All those are missing. The fantastic is, De- Deja Vu with with uh, Denzel, fantastic movie. Yeah. People forget about yep. it. Yep, I forgot about that one, but that one is a good one too. Um, but you know, I says I do like some of the ones listed, but you can you almost can't have a time travel list without Star Trek in it somewhere. And then they're like, you know, thanks for the feedback. Although we couldn't include all time travel movies in the in the graphic alone, you know, we're going to be expanding on a bunch more in our blog post going live next week, you know, and and whatnot. And so <laughs> okay, so we're not including the most important ones. Yeah, it's it's almost like we're gonna list them in a blog post because they're runner up. They don't count. Like, and it's like, okay, well, uh, it's it's like if you want to really count it though, Star Trek did like there were like five or six did, episodes did in the original series have, in the sixties. Did they at least have the ori- the original or the remake of the Time Machine listed? No. So the most important, sorry, the very Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. First time travel book ever written. They didn't include the movies based on that? Nope. Literally, the, the story that every single time travel movie is based on about altering uh, timelines is not included. Uh. Yeah. 
So okay. <laughs> as you could see, I was I was nitpicking, and I knew there were other ones I was forgetting. I was just nitpicking because you know I watch track on a pretty regular basis, and it, it was severely lacking anyway. And so I was having a hard time coping with that, um, <laughs> to say the least. And so, um, yeah. So suffice it to say. I may not get all the advertisements for the podcast. I get them for the website because the website is old. And, well, I should say the domain name is old. The website is not. But um, there's a lot of backlinkage. And so, like, I'll have people that will send me a blog post and say, hey, could you link me, uh, you know, link this article to this post or something in XYZ location. And um, most of the time I delete the emails. I used to, like, be nice about it, like, and say, no, nah, you know, I just, I don't want to go back. <laughs> and and the, even though they'll give me the URL and, and, and I don't want to post it in there. It's mostly because like one, you're just trying to piggyback on my content. And then two, it, it would be different if like they were going to pay something. Cause like, I'm, I'm honestly not going to do it for free. Um, Cause like, I mean, even, even if it's, I like, don't even know these people. So like, that's, well, that's, that's like, like, seriously if somebody stuck offered you, they were like, Hey, I don't have cash, but I can give you like a $50 uh, Amazon card. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, for an old link on a, on a page that I'm not necessarily using anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would do it for that. But I mean, there has to be some kind of a like give and take. Like you want something from me, you have to offer something, you know, because yeah. it's, and, and I've had a few people that have like, honestly, just they'll PayPal stuff and be like, here you go. I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, and, and that's, well, that's the thing. You don't get anything for free. This is not the case of your friend. Like, you're not, it's, we're not like, hey, Steve, can you put a, a new link? Like, let's say we were going to launch a new site, which I think, yeah, we're going to have to update the website sometime. Uh, don't I'll help you with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> even upgrading, like, it's time to upgrade the WordPress and all that. But even doing that. You might want to move web hosts while you're at it. That's, that's what I was going to, yeah. That's something we'll talk about at another time. But yeah, it, we're at a point now where, um, because we're not hosting the episodes ourselves on the site, it's kind of redundant having it the way it's set up. And it might be good to, like, we'll still have the backlog and have everything there and have everything, you know, we'll still probably end up using WordPress or something. But we might, it's time for a refresh because what, it's, this is Twig what, 4.0, and it's probably been 4.0 for what, nine years now? Eh, it's about 5.0. I, is it 5.0? Yeah, I made the last two versions of the site. So. Okay. But still, it's been about five, six years, right? In this this current format, if not more. Yeah, something like that. So it's, it's probably time to make it a little more cohesive and, and, and tighten it up a little bit. But let's say we, we relaunched uh, a new version of the site, did new logos and everything. And we were like, hey, Steve, could you put uh, you know a link to us on yours? It's like, yeah, we're really good friends. And we have cross-promotion. We do podcasts together. It's a different story of me asking you or you asking us uh, than some rando. Oh, exactly. Or if you had like, you know, you get feedback on the regular basis. If you had one of the fans saying, hey, I'm launching my own podcast on anime or something. You know, would you mind putting a link in there? Sure, because you know who the person is. And, you yeah, know, like if it was a fan, I would definitely do that. Like, because that's, you know, they've listened to me. It's only fair. You know, I mean, I would, yeah. I would do it. But yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing. Just like, and, and I guess they're playing a numbers game. Like they're sending a wide net. They're just like. Here, you know, they did a search for, let's say you talked about, or um, or let's say there's a product that came out that you talked about for whatever reason, and that's the, that's the key term they, they searched for on Google. They found every podcast that had a, a review or talked about this topic. They're sending a form email to everybody. 
and they're just hoping that one person will post that link. Oh, definitely. And I, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't play by that game. It's, I don't have that kind of time on me. Yeah, and, and I know, like, there there was even stuff, like, I know Birdman was offered to work for, I forget what website it was, but they wanted him to write articles on things, and they were going to, it's like, the pay they were going to give, like, a lot of these websites, these blog sites, what they offer is not even, like, like a word per minute. I remember he ended up asking, so what's what's my uh, my rate per word? And they were like, what? And this is like a fairly, uh, we're talking website that was getting probably a million traffic per month. And it's like, they didn't understand the standard rates that you get paid to write for, like that you learn in school for journalism. And he's like, yeah, so what am I getting paid per word? And they're like, well, we were giving, it's like a per article thing. And it's like, well, how long is the article got to be? And then they're like, well, it's got to be a minimum of this and this and this. And he's like, he's like, so and he, did some, he did the math. He's like, so you're saying I'm going to be working for a, less than a dollar to a dollar per hour because of what, what they were sort of expecting the length and making sure that it's, it's concise. Like, and there are people that think like, oh, I'll get 50 bucks to write this article. It's like, but if it takes you five, six hours to write the article, it's not worth it. Yeah, see, uh, and I can comment on that because when I was working for one tech website um, writing and while I was laid off, um, they uh, they would pay you $30 for a 400-word article or up to 500 words. And then the other one, they would pay $50 up to a, like between 700 and like 1,000. And at the time, like I had no income, I didn't really care, but I was blowing like three, three to four hours on the longer ones because they would give you articles that you had no idea any of the, like the tech information. Like I had to write articles about, uh, iOS devices. I've never owned one and I don't like them. Yeah. Like, like and, it's, it's insane. And they're, they'll give you like the, the basics, like here's what we want you to write about, or here's here's the topic and it's like and go on and put it in your own words so that it sounds like it came from you and it's like well that's just in this this particular site though they would basically take articles from like two to three other sites mostly it was the same site and they would say hey we want you to write this article and this is kind of the basis and this is the link and you have to do the the seo linkage for you know google purposes of cross-linking in the website uh, on the post and we want a minimum of the of five of those then you get to write the uh thing for the newsletter and then you get to write the the title and then you know the whole article and if there was any pictures or anything else and or video or something and i wrote probably 40 articles for them and then they had some kind of a staff changeover and i never heard from them again after that i mean i got paid for all of it but it was still like i never heard from them again and i was like churning out articles faster than anybody else after I got the hang of it. But, and they were all quality articles. It's just that, you know, just whatever reason, they just stopped contacting me back and I'd email them like, Hey, I'm ready for more articles and they'd have to assign them, but I haven't heard from, I can still log in, but I don't, I don't see anything now, but it's, it's again, it's like they, they don't want bots to write their content because then it comes out looking like garbage. Like how many times have you gone to look for a review on a product and either a YouTube channel is just, some of the product spinning in a picture with like uh, Microsoft Sam reading off the specs or you go to a website and you're looking for the review and it's the same review on 30 or 40 websites and it's just listing the product and 
uh, telling you why it should be good. Not that it is good, not that there's an actual opinion, but why it should be good based on the specs. Yeah, and that's those type of things should just be blacklisted from Google, honestly, because it's just it's a waste of internet like traffic. And I understand that they pay for it, but it's still it sucks. It, and, well, there, there's it's, we're getting to the point now where the internet is looking like the 1990s depiction of the future internet without ad blockers on. But the problem is, you can turn an ad blocker on. It doesn't. But the ad blockers don't block entire websites where it's like, oh, this website shouldn't exist. Yeah. Um, there's a browser I actually use called Brave. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, briefly, I think. It, so what essentially it does is it uses the Chrome uh, engine. And it's, it's, uh, it's a browser, and it runs just like Chrome. It runs on Chromium. Um, and it, it's, it functions and looks almost exactly like it. So what it does is it allows you to... Um, you can turn shields up and shields down for sites. So, like, let's say I go to Twitter or TweetDeck, and I, I got shields up. And what it says is 99-plus items blocked. And then it shows you whether there's cross-site uh, device recognition blocks, cross-site cookies, um, connections upgraded to HTTPS, whether it has to or not. Uh, and then it says cross-site trackers blocked. And then it shows you all of the trackers. And there's, like, over probably like 300 of them here uh where twitter just tracks you on this and so if you've got shields up they can't track you and they get zero data from it so i use it whenever i'm on like any of the social media you know whether it's twitter facebook any of those things and it's actually really nice um i use it on facebook it doesn't block as much because facebook doesn't have as many trackers as TweetDeck does um but again if you go to facebook.com this is a hilarious thing uh there's google ads and Facebook campaign ads, and it blocks, and that's all they are, or like pixel.facebook, where they track your, whatever the images are or whatever with it. So it blocked 14 things just from uh, like our messenger window, for instance, or or Hotmail, it blocks, you know, the cross-site trackers from various sources. And so I, I use this, and it actually, it's, there's, when you launch a new tab, it says, for instance, since I started using this, uh, it says, 120,000 uh, ads and trackers blocked. 2,600 websites <laughs> upgraded to HTTPS. 1.7 hours estimated time saved. Because what it essentially does is it speeds up your internet process by blocking those right from the get-go. So your pages actually load. And it's so a it, beautiful it, it, tool. It's basically like there, there were tools similar to that back in the dial-up days that were like built into your actual uh, like net zero dialing software. They would like, it's mm -hmm. for the internet boosters. All it did was turn on oh, yeah. that. So, yeah, I remember that. It, I remember that. And cool. it would turn off images too. Yeah. Turn off images, turn off ads or, and it would cache like you could pick, like if your computer had enough storage, it would cache the most like 10, 15 most common sites you went to, at least their landing pages back, back when everything was, um, like still using inline frames. So like the outskirts of the, of, you know what I mean? Like the outskirts of like the, 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 the tabled page would have like inline frames and everything. So your menus would load instantaneously because, you know, that stuff very rarely changed on the website. And it would only be whatever was on the main content of, of the, you know, this is before blogging really existed, but you know, like the main page would be different. So 
you could go to a website and it'd be funny, like you'd have the border of the website loaded like instantaneously and then you'd have to wait your 10 seconds for your page to load in the middle instead of a full minute for everything. So something, since we were talking about shows and iTunes and everything else, um, so I'm going through, like, the, I don't know if you've gone through the new categories since they switched. I, I, I um, set up, I, like, I tried to set up our categories, but I found that it was almost, there was even less to categorize. Like, there's more options, but they're tuned in such a way that Twig doesn't fit into a lot of them. Yeah, and that's that, that's part of the problem, is, like, Altered Geek doesn't really fit into a lot of them either, and... Uh, so like, it has gonna be like lifestyle tech would probably be the only thing and i don't even know if there is a category for that not really um like i know like tv reviews because we have a lot of those on geekcast radio um when you go to that page like we used to have two or three of them in the top 20 well because a lot of the other shows that are like famous people or youtubers or some of these other um uh, jackrabbits that are in the top they like Tooncast is in number 40 and all things transformers is at number 54 or 55 um under the tv tv reviews uh section and if and this is under like the tv and film for instance um and then if you go to uh, i want to say um we we have a few other shows i'm just trying to find them uh, but it, it's just like these new categories, like while they're great having film reviews or, or, you know, TV reviews or after shows or, uh, things like that, you don't, unless you're one of those big popular hosts, you're not going to see your show in there. Um, you like after buzz TV, for instance, they put out a ton of crap. Well, they fill up the after shows because they do a lot of after shows and, um, I, I, I feel like you should, the way to solve this, honestly, is uh, you should only allow like if you're going to be in the top ten of a category or something, it shouldn't it, show up in another one. The owners, like the create, the, yeah, exactly. You should you should only be in one unless there is an overlap. Let's say because you can pick your three or whatever. There's a possibility to be the top in all three if you're really really downloaded. Now, at the same time, I also don't feel like. <laughs> If you have after shows, right? Let's say you have an after show for this. Like, there's like, there's like a million after shows that you have. You shouldn't be able to fill up everything with your one brand. It mm-hmm. should be brand specific. Like, you know, I wouldn't mind if like because uh, this week in geek has you know a few shows we run. Well, maybe this week in geek should be listed as as it shouldn't be top shows. It should be top producers or top top brands because then uh, you know GCRN would have a higher chance of being up there because it would aggregate all of your listens and all of your downloads from all of your shows. And it'd be like, here are, like, it shouldn't be listing individual shows. It should be listing who, who the creators are. Because then your podcast ones would be screwed because it would be like, sure, they have the top 10 downloaded uh, show programs, but they would only be listed as one. Because yeah. It, and that I think that would help having the different networks you know, listed once because uh, like podcast one or studio 71, I did find the podcast that, that was trying to uh, have me market their show. And it's that uh, Marquise Brownlee, um, MKBHD or whatever he does. He does a podcast called waveform and he, he does like tech podcast and gadget stuff. Okay, he had a cool. YouTube show reviewing stuff. And he was telling me this and I'm like, who? 
and well, I, I talked to a few people because they're because they're, they're oversaturated too. Yeah, I mean, there's so many of them. Like, I and honestly, I don't care if I'm going to listen to somebody talk about tech. I'm going to go to Leo Laporte, like tech team. Well, yeah, like, that's yeah, and, and and that's the thing. Like, it, if you had said that name, I'd be like, oh, I know who that is. And the fact that he's not like number one in that in tech category period is is disheartening because it's like now they do have a category called they do have a category called longest running shows under technology which he's number one but they also listed this this waveform under leisure which i don't know how this is leisure like like the only reason it's number one in in leisure is because they mismarketed it on purpose so i almost wonder if you game the system by changing your your stats to purposely get in a different category that like if I put myself under in. under like knitting would be, <laughs> would be well like cause... well like for instance the the pull bag it's comics okay they used to have a comics section on iTunes or something they're you know very similar they have all they have now under leisure is because it was like hobbies and and fiction or something like that before and so that's where it was at. Well, now it lives under the leisure animation and manga category, which and makes it believe... sound like which makes it sound like animation. Like they're making it sound like anime only. Like, yeah. Well, it says animation and manga, and so what's funny is you have, you know, Saturday morning cartoon boom or something is number one. Then they got a Pokemon podcast, and then they've got a Digimon one in there, and Dragon Ball Z, and then. Um, lo and behold, number eight is the pullback in that top 20 list. And it's been there and it's been climbing to the top because it's, it doesn't fit under any other category. And so therefore it's there. And, uh, so it's very humorous to me to see how some of these things are laid out. Um, it, it because like they go from all different ranges in, in here, like hobbies, that's another area. And you've got everything from, you know, knitting to, um, you know, ham radio to World of Warcast, you know, or Trivial Warfare, or, you know, things like that. So I mean, it's all all these weird other things, and then you've got I don't know. A lot of the categories just seem to be just out of whack completely. It, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, like I'm going to look it up now because like here's the thing, I. I for the longest time was using an iPhone and I was using iTunes. But like I didn't use iTunes itself. I did everything within the phone itself. So I never even really looked at charts. Like I have my list of people that I listen to that I've been listening to for years. And occasionally I'll drop one or come back to it in a year or two sort of thing. Um, but like I've got my staples and it's like there is a point where you know it, I have I've, I have maybe subscribed to 20 podcasts total in a month. Maybe and I, and I still, like, I'll download most of them, even if I don't listen to all of them, because I want that to be counted uh, for some people. But, like, other people will skip them entirely. There are certain episodes I'll skip, but if you had listened to more than 10 to 15 shows in a month, you really don't have time to listen to everything. No. Like, especially with more and more podcasts going, like, daily. Like, we're trying to get probably one to three episodes a week out, just so that it, it, it you know, you can choose what you want to listen to or not. But, like, there are many, many shows now that are, like, Joe Rogan, where it's like, oh, that's nine hours a week just for his show. Yeah, and it's like, I used to work for Glenn Beck, and he does nine hours. And actually, he does three hours every day, like, Monday through Friday. 
Which and then he releases the same thing in a podcast. And I mean, with with him, you'll have and people like him, you'll have a listener base that maybe only listens to his show. And that's it. They listen to nothing else. So you you'll have when you get a certain size, you you can have an audience like that that literally only listens to you. Which I don't know if it's really worth that. It used to be back in the satellite radio days, but like the problem is a lot of these hosts are treating it like satellite radio when it's not. So what's the top shows? Top shows. Now this is is this only going to show me Canada? It you yours will. Okay, mine. So mine will show. The number me one show in Canada so. is Zane and Heath Unfiltered. Hmm. Then Party Lines, Uncover, which is a CBC Canadian. Two the, the number two and three are Canadian. CBC broadcast ones. I guarantee you nobody's listening to those. That's being paid for. I mean, that's that's public public television. That's being paid for. Um, then Joe Rogan's number four. Call Her Daddy. Barstool Sports is number number five. The, the Daily, which is the New York Times summary, is number six. Okay, that makes sense. It's, it's summary of the news. Uh, TED Talks Daily. The Clearing... Something spitting service, uh, Barstool Sports, Crime Junkie. I haven't heard of any of these. Um, the social. Oh, okay. Number sixteen. The social. You know what the social is? It's the no. Canadian version. It's the Canadian View. On uh, the, they're, they're, it's it's basically the Canadian View that they couldn't get. Any, they're, they're a bunch of. It's a bunch of women boy. cackling over stupid crap uh, on CTV that my grandma watches every morning. Um, and, and they have apparently a show because. Here's a question: What eighty-year-old women are, are are listening to their <laughs> to this on podcast form? Nobody. For it to make it number sixteen on the list of of all, you know, it's probably the same people that watch the View. Okay, yeah, okay. Number nineteen on the list is Canadian true crime, and it's it's true crime documentaries talking about it. That's cool. I understand why that's there. That's something that people like to listen to on their commuter before bed. Like it's the whole like interesting. Apple Keynotes is number twenty-two. There's a lot of CBC stuff here that's in the top list, and it doesn't make sense to me because I know that there is a big push for it. I'm wondering, I don't know, if it, like, there's not a lot. Like, CBC produces really good dramas and, and really good documentaries. They're, they're like, what if you mixed, like, uh, that's a good example. It's like, what if you mixed HBO with a, with a national broadcaster at the same time? That's sort of what they do. Uh, or like the BBC in, in the U.K., uh, like there's other stuff here that I don't know. Like literally out of the top fifty, I've heard of maybe five. Uh, one of them is Doctor Death. That was popular from um, was it Worderly, uh, where it's a documentary about the guy, the doctor that killed a whole bunch of patients and got away with it. Oh, um, okay. Doctor Phil. Uh, <laughs> What else do we have here? So, so you want right. to know? You want to know? Okay, something? number number forty six is uh, Bill Burr. Makes sense. Okay, he, comedy podcast. He does it. Uh, you know, every week he's really popular. I saw him live here. Funny. Um, and then again, a whole bunch of nobodies. And and then it looks like I can break it down based on category, which I'll do while you tell me what you're going to say. Um. So I was going to say that. Um, uh, so under the and this is why I think it'd be funny to try just to just to see how this works, um, because the the whole Apple system is a joke. 
um, how they lay out iTunes because or Apple Podcasts. Um, because I'm under, and this is a gripe I had a few weeks ago because it shouldn't be here, but it's it's a flaw in their system. So under podcasts, uh, religion and spirituality, longest running shows under that category. Guess what's number eight? You'll never guess it. Uh, well, let me see. I'll tell you what number eight is in Canada. Rhythms under religion and spirituality. Yes, rhythms, rhythms for life with with looks like Reverend and somebody, and then if I go forward, um, there's like a Christian storytelling one, uh, meditation minis, um, another one's like yoga. Bible Project is number three. Uh, number one is Oprah's Super Soul Conversation. Weird. Oprah's not even on this one. Um, yeah, so the the number eight show, Smodcast. Okay, let me look see if it's in mine anywhere. And guess what is number 26? Fat Man Beyond. Okay. Neither one of them fit under spirituality and religion. But yet they're here, and they're in the top 25. It's not... None of that is listed under mine. Also, we don't have nearly as many categories. Maybe they didn't roll it out for everybody. So everything does look proper. It looks like there's there's like Muslim ones, there's Jewish ones, there's spiritualistic ones. It actually looks pretty Jesus calling stories of faith. There, there's a lot on here. Um, but let me scroll up and see. I'll tell you the categories we have. Because I clicked on store, and then I clicked on top, and then I clicked on category. So I'll see what there is. So we got news, comedy, sports, history, true crime, uh, society and culture, arts, business, education, fiction, government. God, that would be boring. Uh, but that's probably also all like the, the political commentators. Uh, health and fitness, kids and family, leisure, music, uh, religion and spirituality. Uh, Science, technology, TV, and film. And that's it. I think those are the old, those are the old categories. Yeah, we got the new ones here. So I know that they've rolled it out up here because I know that we had I had to select new ones um, from like the iTunes uh, Podcast Connect. Hmm. Yeah, it's I don't know. I'm I'm just so sick of the whole iTunes thing of how it breaks down information. It, it seems like they didn't change much in the last 10 years. Like it was really popular for about six years and then they just did nothing with it. Well, it's basically when they stopped caring about the iPod. You mean when Steve Jobs died? Yeah. Because now when they stopped it. I'm just logging into the feed. And I just wanted to see what our categories are listed under because I couldn't remember. Yeah, because like the top. What's funny is all the stuff by like Studio Seventy One is garbage.
trying to see where it tells me what categories I'm under. Well, if you're on Spreaker, all you have to do is go into the show, the individual oh, show, and right. do RSS yeah, yeah, yeah. customization. Because it's just kind of, it's so convoluted, just getting, even just getting things posted there. At least with Spreaker or these platforms, they, they'll actually push things out to iTunes as an extra thing. Like, iTunes used to be the be-all, end-all, and now it's just an extra. Oh, I know. I, I it, what's funny is we get more traffic from Spotify than we do iTunes now. We don't. Uh, let me see where we get ours from. But first, actually, let's see the feed. And see, this is the sad thing: is they have a thing called featured providers on the homepage of the store now. Oh, yeah. So, like Washington Post, NPR, Comedy Central, Vox Media, iHeartRadio, The Ringer, Podcast One, New York Times, Wondery, The Economist, Night Vale, Forever Dog, Slate. Okay, uh, Bloomberg have... Entertainment Weekly, Twit, ABC News, ESPN, CNN, Wall Street Journal, Audio Boom, Campfire, The New Yorker, and Starburns Audio. So, like, basically anything yeah. under those flags should not be anywhere in the the, next, See, the whole lineup. I, this is okay. I, was, I remember now. I was torn here because the three categories we have for iTunes now we're listed under uh, entertainment news, video games, and film reviews because we do all those. But we also do a lot of tech news, but tech news and entertainment news are considered two different categories. So you just do the master one, news. <laughs> oh, you'll just you'll never get anywhere with that. <laughs> I know. So that, that's what we've got there. But like, I'm gonna see what the breakdown is because I know I was surprised, like like that of how many platforms it pushes out to. Like I now that I've got the the Pixel, um, I'm using the the Google. Uh, podcast app it is not mm-hmm. nearly as good as as running um the like one thing i will give apple is their podcast app stop talking to me i pressed the button and now it's talking to me <laughs> you're like go away stop. go away assistant um but anyway it uh it's not nearly as good the itunes uh the podcast app is fantastic like on on um like on the ipod and on the iphone it is by far the absolute best way to listen on mobile like period there's nothing that comes close to it and it's the one thing that they've kept strong even if everything else about them is falling apart it's the one thing that google and android just haven't been able to do is make a good podcast app because the the, like i've I've got the spreaker app on my phone as well and it's way better than the built-in podcast app oh yeah that's because um, app or uh, Google's is not a dedicated app. But that's the thing; like, you have to download it separately, even though it's made by them, and it's, it uses a few APIs and interfaces. Yet, for instance, if you close the app, you know, by swiping up to close all your apps, it will not stop the audio. You have to do it manually. Oh yeah. Okay, so let me see. There's a breakdown of what we've got. Uh, where's that button here? Uh, sources, right? Or so, are we looking at sources? Yeah, sources. So uh, our media breakup is 39% is Apple Core Media iPhones. Uh, then generic uh, Android app is 14%. Chrome is 10%. So that would be people just, I guess, listening on the website. Yep. Uh, iTunes. Uh, the, the program itself is 10%. iPods, <clears throat> sorry, is 5%. Somebody's using the Opera browser, and that's 5%. It's Mike. No, uh, 
<laughs> probably. Uh, uh, iPads is 5%. Somebody listens, or 3% of people do Apple Watches. I don't know what Overcast is. Um, uh, podcast uh, Addict, uh, Google Podcasts is 0.3%. Uh, then we don't have any listeners on Spotify. Like, at all. Which is surprising, because I know it pushes out to, oh, wait a minute. Somebody else has, that's right. Somebody else has uh, This Week in Geek on there. And they haven't had a podcast in two years. And I contacted, two, no, three years. And I contacted uh, uh, Spotify to say, hey, this is a non-existent thing. We're an existing brand that's been using this name for 12 years. Uh, and then I was waiting for them to determine whether or not we should be allowed to be using uh, this this name without anything else in there. Because the, the classic feed that I created works on there because it has the word classic in it. Whereas just playing This Week in Geek will not work on there. Hmm. which is really like that's the thing that pisses me off if you have not had a podcast in three years you should be removed but yeah it's, it's it's just crazy to me like how the, at least now we can break down and see what everybody's actually like listening to us on but it is funny that you guys have more people on on spotify and then we still have like a lot of iphone users yeah, and they were saying that it was kind of weird that we had that problem. Uh, let's see here. I noticed on your your regular This Week in Geek feed that everything is double. Uh, that happened. Um, something weird happened, and uh, it was actually to do with Blog Talk. And it, it, it was put in some sort of weird uh, feed loop where it doubled the feed up. <laughs> and I had to go in and be like, stop. And uh, yeah. it happened like it, it shouldn't be doing it anymore, but it happened like one day where I was like, uh, Birdman goes, uh, Hey, is something wrong with the feed? And I'm like, Why? He's like, I think I'm seeing double. <laughs> yeah, as of the August 31st, that's when it stopped happening. Okay. Um, and the other issue is there, like, I've noticed that there's, uh, I think I have to go into the website and change the feed on there. Because it's pulling the feed from a couple sources. Because I think the actual feed from the website, it, if you click subscribe to the RSS feed on the website, I don't think it's pulling from the same source. Hmm. And there's there's a couple issues where it's when you got a feed this old. There's I think it's pulling from a few different places. Because when I searched um, this week in geek like through Google Podcasts. Mm-hmm. It, found, it found two different feeds of This Week in Geek, one with the current artwork, one with different artwork, and it's the same content. Well, I can tell you where part of that is, and that's because the website is set up uh, to be more or less the distribution hub. And Okay. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, was, that was the original setup. So... Yeah, it's 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 time for for some change. And it's got the current logo. That's the funny thing. And the one that's on yeah. the RSS feed does not. The website does has the current one. Oh, okay. Like the current design and everything. So it's it's actually kind of funny because I don't think it's actually pulling from that anymore. 
So okay, so um, for the classic feed, we say uh, we gotta get this working with Spotify because the classic feed, which has like minuscule downloads compared, because it's all like reposts of the uh, interviews and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. That is sixty-seven percent Spotify, uh, and then everything else tapers off to nothing. So if we could get the um, if we could get the main feed working on Spotify, it would probably t- looking like it would double or triple our, our listeners. Maybe I'm just gonna have to put the main show. On. I'm just gonna have to double up the show. <laughs> If I can, if they're unwilling at Spotify to, to say, "Hey, these guys were first of all that podcast that stopped three years ago," it's just a copycat of ours, and the, the president of, or, of us working is like we were operating like six years before them, and three years after they ended. Um, yeah, there's one called uh, "This Week in Geek" uh, by the Southgate Media Group. Okay. In, in America, and it's um, it stopped producing content uh, a year ago. And I, one... I know Birdman said he used to get emails um, every now and then. Uh, he would get an email from somebody saying, "Hey, you're using our name. Stop using us." And he was like, uh, "Correction, we've been running like ten years longer than you." <laughs> like some people try to pull the thing of like. Uh, uh, you know, you're you're pulling it, and then we've actually had people tweet at us like, "It was great being a guest on This Week in Geek," and it's like, it's like um, "That's nice," but uh, who are you? <laughs> we haven't had somebody who's like, we, uh, you know, we do this. Uh, I was a tabletop gamer. It's like, oh, I had a great interview. I was on This Week in Geek because they don't have the Twitter handle because we've had the Twitter handle since 2008. Yeah, but some, somebody will think it's us, and, and I I have a form letter I use now uh, where I go. Uh, where I, basically I'll, I'll tweet back at them and be like, "Oh, sorry, I think you got us confused with with uh, with uh, what did I say with a copycat of ours." Uh, but well, you know, we do the same sort of interviews, and we've been out this long, and and with thirteen hundred episodes, and you know, if you'd like, come check us out, and uh, you know, and you know, smiley face, and like it'll be like a passive aggressive thing at the people that <laughs> not at the not at the person who like was interviewed, but the people that are pretending to be Twig. Mm-hmm. And if, if their argument is, if they're like, oh, we, you know, it's not the case. We never, heard, you know, we never heard of you. Mm, bull, bull, BS. Because you use the name and you're you're marketing yourselves as the same thing. And the time that you would have signed up, you would have been looking for that Twitter handle. You would have been looking for that web, uh, web domain. And you would have been like, oh, crap, somebody else is there. And you're just like, well, we'll just hope we'll get bigger and get to the point where we can claim that we were there first. And you get a lot of people that do that with other podcasts, too. And it's like... It, they don't realize how copyright works. <laughs> that you don't, even, first. you don't even have to file it. You just have to provide proof that you were there first. And the proof's in the pudding. Where it's like, what? Oh, would you like to see uh, domain receipts for or going episode back? one? Would you, would you like first of all? Would you like to see content? Would you like to see episode one? Would you like to see our interviews that we did seven years before you existed? Would you like to see the receipt from our, our uh, web domain that we've been paying for for thirteen years? We we had somebody do that with uh, remote control, the telecast, uh, um, a couple of other shows that we well, did. Let, the let, let them take it because I've been waiting for episodes for like 
years now. <laughs> so let somebody else do it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah but you, you had people try to say claim your domain or claim your 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 uh, your content or something. Mm-hmm. And to, to be honest, like it, the World Wide Web is a big, big place, but the name of your program and the type of content that you do and we do is unique enough that you would have to know we exist before you start something. Yeah. Like we, it's not like we're an upstart with no media presence. Like, you know, people in the industry, people in radio, people in, in television, people in video games, they know who we are if by even, even though we're not like, we're not like an IGN level or anything. We're not even, you know, we're not close to anything like that, but we're known within the industry enough, more so than, than those podcasts are that are starting up. So what I know what pisses Mike off and pisses me off is like the gall for you to pretend that you didn't know and then try to claim that, Try to get something out of us, um, or we've had people contact the feedback email, like speaking of that, dot net, saying, uh, "Oh, we've got the the dot com available for sale, uh, ten grand." <laughs> F off! <laughs> like this week in geek dot net has been, you know, that domain forever. If if we acquired the dot com, we wouldn't even use it as the main thing. We'd use it as a redirect because dot net is like it's the brand at this point. Yeah, I know. That's like, that's like kind of where it's at. There would be no point. Like that would be like you guys. Like if you acquired, you know, twelve different domain, uh, you know, names or domain, uh, you know, endings, you would just use them as redirects to your main site anyway. So it's like we're not giving you ten grand for the name that we already have. That that the .dot com means nothing. It, you know, when, when the .dot net domain that we've been using uh, is what gets us traffic. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's getting a little crazy out there with a lot of the copycats and everything else going on. Like I, I almost you know thought as a joke I was <laughs> I was gonna start a, a GCRN rival website. I just pretend to be somebody completely different, anonymize it, and just see how far I could get before I saw uh, you and or Blanchard more likely Blanchard throw a conniption fit over it. Are you kidding? Blanchard wouldn't even notice. He wouldn't. I even... would notice before he would. He wouldn't even notice until I until I called like, it's like with the host uh, Dave TFG two uh, Cranford <laughs> or something, make it a full parody, and he probably wouldn't even be able to tell. Well, like uh, I had somebody. Oh, that's what it was. Somebody tried to steal all things Transformers. Uh, as oh, well, really? and I'm like, I'm I've been around since 2008, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> well, they, well, they tried what tried to claim your content. Or tried to like, or, or website have you, name. Have you, oh, have you had, uh, Twitter have you had podcast name? Oh, they like just like tried to sign up for it or tried to claim that you you took it from them or something. Well, they they just took the social handles and everything else and all this other you know like just purposely trying to. Well, you haven't had the case where like they've downloaded your episodes and then tried to pass them off as their own. Yet, I've had that happen before with a couple of shows, uh, specifically Mwire and. Oh. I, I'm like more power to you, except for the fact that if you know, if you know, you'll get hit with copyright before I will. But not not to um, mention that in your show, you all the links would be towards you, like in the audio. They have to cut that out. That it would it would make no sense because yeah. it would all be redirected to you in the first place. But yeah, and I've heard of people having that happen. Like it's a different thing where like if 
we share a show and you know we like we have a few of them where we syndicate it a few days later it's like because you're yeah. in a partnership on a show that's different than what i was talking about is like when somebody goes and is like we're just going to data mine your entire content archive and try to find a way to monetize it somewhere else and it's like that people do that with youtube all the time like they'll take somebody's podcast the like Rogan was a big one where they'll take their, their content and then just, you know, flip the image to reverse. So it doesn't hit the algorithm mm-hmm. and then, or, or pitch the audio up and down and then try to get like a couple hundred thousand views for posting a podcast. So it's, it's, it, the bots are getting smarter at, or, at, or the algorithms are getting smarter at finding these sorts of things. Uh, and I don't think it happens quite as much with podcasts, but I think if you were somebody that had a massive following, you have a lot more of that happening where somebody's like trying to find a way to take your feet. But now that like Spreaker and all these content platforms push your content to multiple uh, things like iHeartRadio and everything, I think it's a lot less likely for these sorts of things to happen, you know, uh, except in the case where somebody was on Spotify before we were with the same name, like the, and it's the exact same name. That's why I wouldn't accept it when we tried to push it through. Hmm. Because if I pull them up, like, that's what's infuriating. And what's more infuriating is it's like if they had a better sounding podcast, people, when your podcast sounds like crap, it's like, oh, you're dragging our name down. Oh, yeah, totally. It's, I, I've, yeah, I totally can relate to that. But I think that about wraps up this conversation, though. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not even the topic we were going to be talking about. <laughs> no, but it, it kind of ran its own course. So so I guess we got we'll this out of our up. system. And then the, should we give a teaser what, what the topic was going to be? And we'll yeah, totally, totally. So Yeah, next week, we'll, well, I'll let you interrupt since it was your idea sure, originally. Sure. So I'm going to you know set the stage here. Uh, we had a private discussion. We're like, well, what are we going to talk about? You know, we've got a few ideas floating around. And. I said, okay, I had recently watched a few weird ads pop up, uh, like old commercials on YouTube. And I was like, you know what? Advertising for children and kids and adolescents it, now, which I don't see a whole ton of because they don't really keep regular TV, but from what I do see is dramatically different from everything pre-2000. And it was going to be an interesting topic of how advertising and like for toys, for food for uh everything has changed how they market the kids uh over the years Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you know that could sort of parlay into other topics later on like you know especially the 90s seemed to be the like 80s had a lot of ads for kids but i think the 90s is where like they really made the push for children's like advertising and then the dramatic changes happened shortly after. So that was my idea for the topic that we were going to talk about before it was all about, you know, podcasting landscapes. Totally. So until next time we've been Uh, Alex and I've been Steve. And so you can get a hold of us on the social medias at, uh, at this week in geek. Um, I'm, Pretty much anywhere. I, at this point, I should probably make a little recording that we pop in here with everything, because <laughs> you can contact us so many different ways. Uh, uh, Alex at thisweekinggeek.net, feedback at thisweekinggeek.net, uh, Twitter. You can get a hold of me, um, Swig, or just this week in geek. And you can get a hold of me on 
geekcastradio.com or at Altered Geek or at SCP. SCP-21. So until next time, get altered, get geeky with the Altered Geeks. Ah, Europe's capital cities. So full of beauty, so crammed with culture, so often crowded with tourists. So to see the Louvre without the lines or Piccadilly without the circus, go when it's quieter and cheaper and fly there with Aer Lingus. Our European sale is full of amazing off-season deals to over 20 European cities like Paris, London, Amsterdam and Dublin. So don't delay. Book today at aerlingus.com. Smart goes when others don't. Smart flies Aer Lingus. With Eastlink, you get amazing Wi-Fi coverage throughout your home, even those hard-to-reach places. So, my Wi-Fi will work in the garage? Sure will. How about the backyard? Absolutely. In the crawl space? If that's where you like to hang out, sure. Awesome! Internet that leads and exceeds. That's the Eastlink Edge. Get it in a bundle today. Visit eastlink.ca.